0: Bonjour and bienvenue to Lullabell's Francophiles, je m'appelle Lou and in this podcast, I will help you to keep your Frenchy vibes fluttering and lose yourself in France without even leaving home. In each episode, we chat about our French experiences with guests who live in Australia, in France, and right around the world. And we share ideas for how to satisfy the Francophile within you. Francophiles can also subscribe now to my YouTube channel, The Francophile Fix find that link and the links for the Ludabelles Francophiles website, Instagram, and a fabulous Frenchie Spotify playlist in the show notes from today's episode. Alors, aujourd'hui, I'm chatting to the gorgeous Emily Gorduchon, known to some of you on Instagram as the real Emily in Paris, and we are going to uncover some of the secrets, together with some of the well-known customs of café culture in Paris. But not all cafe culture, because specifically I want to know more about two of my fave beverages to order in France, apart from the wines. That's Chocolat chaud and Coffee. So bonjour Emily. Bienvenue to Little Bell's Francophiles on ça va? Hi
1: Lou. Thanks for having me back. Ça va bien. toi. Ça va bien, Missy.
0: Oui. Now, I know that being Australian, even though you are actually now French, but having grown up in Australia, you understand, I suppose we could call it the Australian fascination with coffee. For our international Little Bells Francophiles listeners, I need to fill you in on some local Australian culture because in Melbourne, where I live, we are known as coffee snobs and I even saw in London a number of years ago, a cafe in Notting Hill that had a queue going out the door for their coffee. And when I got closer, I saw advertised on a sign at the front that they had a Melbourne trained barista working there. And so with the influence of our, I suppose we've got a very multicultural background in Melbourne, we take our coffee very seriously here. I've even heard of some Aussies that are now bringing our kind of coffee to Paris. So. Do you know anything about that?
1: Yeah, so there's a few Aussie coffee places that have popped up in Paris. Some of them have been here for years and years and years. Kachum oh. Cafe was started by a guy called Tom and they now have multiple locations. They sell coffee beans. Um, they take their coffee really seriously. Good. And then there's one called O Coffee oh. and that's over near the Australian Embassy. So I know for sure that that's where all the Aussies go and yeah. get their They're flat white and they're Vegemite on toast. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's what we need. Yes. Yeah, and there's a place called Hardware Societe, which is up near Sacre Coeur, and I think they actually have one in Melbourne. I think it's a Melbourne institution, and they opened one up here in Paris as well. Oh, that's a really nice place. It's got a great view. If you can get a table, there's always a huge line. Yeah, Uh, but if you can get a table there for brunch, they do. I think they do like lobster eggs Benedict on like a black charcoal bun and they do really fun things oh that sounds awesome
0: i love that when they put a little twist on a brunch yeah i I love it when you find that in paris too because i really love the traditional things but having a little twist sometimes just mixes it up it makes it a bit fun so yeah paris obviously has a really wonderful thriving coffee culture, which most Aussies will be thrilled to know if, when we're over there, but it wasn't always so popular because I was doing a little reading up and I discovered that coffee was originally discovered in Ethiopia, which I didn't realise, and then eventually the Turkish-style coffee was introduced to Paris in 1669 by an ambassador to the court of King Louis, it was King Louis Fourteenth then, and the ambassador was sent over by Muhammad Fourth with sacks of coffee. I don't know what was going on. Some deal was obviously being meant to be struck. But he described it as a magical beverage when mixed with small quantities of cloves, cardamom seeds and sugar. So clearly they understood the benefits of coffee even way back then. But it became a really popular beverage a couple of years later when an Armenian bloke opened a coffee drinking booth at the Fair of Saint-Germain. And so with that gorgeous aroma of coffee in the air, I mean, can you imagine that in that era when people probably didn't wash that much? They weren't as sanitary as they are now. I can only imagine the smells on the streets. And then all of a sudden they can smell this new smell of, you know, roasting coffee and brewing coffee, which is, yeah, as we all know, it's divine. So soon all the fairgoers were hunting out the little black coffees or Petit which is short black is still called today, isn't it? Petit
1: I don't know. I just order an espresso. Maybe that's it. Something. Different. If you just ask for a, a coffee in France, that you'll just get an espresso. That's like yeah. go to. That's, <laughs> that's what they that's mean. Just what you get. A <laughs> so coffee. Yeah. yeah. But
0: this marked the beginning of the Parisian coffee houses. So the first coffee house in Paris was the Procope, which started in 1686, and that still stands in the Odéon part of Paris. That's right near your local, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I literally had lunch with my mum there about a month ago. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's really nice. She really wanted to go. Uh, so that's the oldest it's called the oldest restaurant in Paris, hmm. or the oldest cafe. There's a little debate because it closed down for about 20 years, I think and then reopened with I don't know if it was oh. m- maybe new ownership. So there's a few other restaurants that say, well no, nah, you know you don't that doesn't count anymore because it closed down. Uh, oh really yeah, oh, doing, 20 20 yeah, years yeah. in between the 400 years that's it, you're done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Andrew and Franklin used to go there when he was the first ambassador to, to France from the States. Oh wow. I actually yeah. had dinner
0: there last summer, and yeah, the the walls just ooze with the history. I loved it. I loved it. I, yeah, I don't it's know really if the beautiful. F- yeah, I don't know if the food was the best in Paris, but the whole ambiance was just unbelievable, it was beautiful.
1: Yeah. The food, I mean, the food's fine. I'm trying yeah. to remember what I had. Maybe like a prawn salad and a steak and e Fulton. I mean, it's good, yeah. Um, but they were super nice because I recently found out I'm, you know, celiac and have to eat gluten-free and they couldn't have been nicer. They, like, brought out the allergy list. They said they could do anything specifically. Like, they really paid attention, for, you know, cross contamination. So, yeah, I really like it. It was a nice meal. The waiter was so lovely. He said he's been there for about 20 years. Yeah, it was really good.
0: So where are your favourite places to grab a coffee
1: in Paris? So this is really embarrassing, Lou, and I don't know <laughs> if you know this. I go to Starbucks all the time. <gasps> really? <laughs> yeah, I know. People get quite upset with me um, on Instagram when they when they see it. The problem is I really like a milky latte. Yeah. And that just doesn't translate here. If you go to a restaurant and you ask for a, a latte, some some places have it and yeah. have a good one but usually you just get a cafe creme which is like kind of a filter flat white. coffee or like quite a long it's not even a flat white it's just got a bit of foam on the top it's just uh, it's not it so like you go to mcdonald's because you know it's consistent everywhere that's yeah. i go to Starbucks. Um, yeah. Oh, I do. I've been a lot better this year. I've got a really nice little coffee machine at home, so I've been making my own coffees. But there's a really great cafe I forgot to mention before called Peloton, so like as in the Tour de France, the Peloton. And that is just off Rue de Rivoli. It's like on the border of the Marais, and that is owned by I think two guys that used to do bike tours. And they started up this little cafe and they just renovated and redid it all and it's great. Uh, They do really good coffee and that's kind of on my route to a few places that I walk, so I'll stop in there. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty much like I'll know where I'm getting coffee when I leave the house depending on where I'm walking. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I have it all mapped out in my head. Um, I pass by Cafe Kitsune quite a lot when I'm heading to work. Their coffee is so strong, so... I have to kind of you know get like a half shot
0: yeah like those coffees where you can stand just spoon up in
1: them yeah you would love it Yes, it's very like, strong enough for yeah. melbourne people <laughs> um and then there's another really cute little cafe um on the other side of the park to me on i want to say rue fleurus called cafe judy and oh. um, it's just like a really cheerful little place. It's all really healthy. You get little wellness bowls and smoothies oh, yeah, and, yeah. and things like that. And um, they do really good coffee. Ah, well, I need to ask you this.
0: In Australia, a hot chocolate, so clearly I adore coffee, but I'm also very partial to a hot chocolate. So in Australia, a hot chocolate rarely comes without a marshmallow. So is that the done thing in Paris? Because I've never seen a chocolat show with
1: a marshmallow. No, and my husband is horrified when so <laughs> I do it, absolutely <laughs> horrified. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's hilarious. Well, is I it, do it so often. I put in, like, you know, the mini marshmallows. You I, have a stash. Even yeah. now I can tell you I've got 11 and a half bags of mini marshmallows <laughs> stashed away that he doesn't know about. <laughs> um, I love it. <laughs> but is there yeah. ever
0: anything served on the side of a coffee or a hot shocky in Paris, like a little biscotti perhaps or something like that?
1: Not really. I mean, some places will give you, you know, like a little chocolate or a little biscuit, but it's not It's not really the done thing. The thing is supposed to be the hot chocolate. And here the hot chocolate is such a performance, depending yes, on where you go. Yes, yes. I mean, if you go somewhere like Carrot, Which is um, there's one on Place de Mm Vosges, You go, sort of, Mm. you get the hot chocolate in the teapot, you pour it yourself, and then you get this huge sort of ice cream bowl full of whipped cream, like chanty cream to put on top. Mm. That's the real thing you want on the side. It's just a huge bowl of
0: cream. Yeah, I'm not a goer for the cream. Just give me the chocolate. I I mean, I you know I do (laughs) like the cream, but just just give me the chocolate and. I don't even like eating chocolate. I'm not a big chocolate lover, but a chocolate show, if I can drink the chocolate, oh, I could bathe in it. I just, I love it. So, most Francophiles will obviously know about the famous chocolate show at Angelina's in Paris, which I've had and absolutely loved. But I think there are some other places just as good. And you just mentioned that one in the Place de Vosges, which has a history that goes back, you know, a squillion years. What do you
1: think? Is Angelina's a bit overrated? No, I really like Angelina hot chocolate, but my tip is I never never have it there. I always get takeaway. So oh. even on the Rue de Rivoli location, mm-hmm. if you if you want takeaway, you skip the whole line. You walk in the right hand side of the door into yeah. there's a tiny little counter at the front that sells pastries. And you can just yes. pick one up within five minutes. Sometimes they even have a little cart at the front doing it. Oi. And I've then you just that. take it across to the jeweleries. And sit in the garden. And there's also a little Angelina that does, which is much easier to get a table if you do want to sit in, this Angelina I'm mentioning. It's on Rue Vaugirard, and it is on the corner of the Jardin de Luxembourg. And you can always get a table and they do takeaway as well. So you can get a hot chocolate takeaway and walk around the Jardin de Luxembourg, which is gorgeous.
0: Right. That's a very good tip. I know historically there were recipes for the royal household for hot chocolate because chocolate came to France via the Spanish who brought it back from South America to the Basque region and back in the day of Louis XIV, chocolate was only for the nobility because he had it given to him originally from his wife, his the Spanish wife, and the royal family even had their own chocolatiers to make their chocolat. It wasn't until much later that it became available to us lowly folk. So... What do Parisians now think are the elements of a brilliant chocolate show?
1: Chocolate and milk, that's it. Really? That's it? Simple as that? Yeah, that's it. That's it. I mean, some places go, you know, with cream or whatever else. Mm. Um, Some places thicken it up a tiny bit with a bit of cornflour, which Mm. is fine. Yeah, like if you Mm. get a really thick hot chocolate. It's usually got just a dash of corn flour in it. Oh. Um, which is fine as long as it's cooked out properly. But if it's not, it can taste yeah. powdery. No I, mm, no, I don't know about but that. But yeah, the like the original Parisian hot chocolate is this hot like chocolate and milk. Unsweetened chocolate as well. So like quite shouldn't be yeah, super sweet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's what I have. I, I love Chocolat Show at the Cafe Saint-Régis on the Ile Saint-Louis. To me, it's the right temperature. It's really velvety. It's not too sweet. So it's probably the unsweetened chocolate and it's just the right amount of milk. And it's really perfect for me to dunk, to dunk my pastry into. And then, you know, <laughs> it's, it's all nice and soggy and fabulous, but it's already mixed up when it comes to the table. And when I had a hot chocolate with you before Christmas, when we caught up, We went to Bonaparte's in the Saint-Germain area and I was really surprised to get the chocolate turn up to the table and the chocolate itself, just the runny chocolate and without the milk, without anything else, that was kind of lining the inside of a cup. I must say it was beautifully, like the pattern that it made was gorgeous. It was beautifully done evenly. But I was really surprised that that came like that with the chocolate in the cup and then I had to pour the warmed milk in to stir to combine because I'd never had one like that before. I still haven't seen it anywhere else done like that. But the ceremony of it, I love that and the flavour and it was just gorgeous. In fact, it was so good. I don't know if you remember, but I had to actually order a second one because I, I just I just, downed it within seconds. It was gone. So are there more styles of chocolat chaud like that, differences in the way they're served? I know they've got the great big things of cream, but that ceremony, I do that also at the Café Saint-Régis where I pour it from a jug into your cup, but it's already mixed up. Are there variations everywhere of
1: that kind of ceremony that goes along with it? Yeah, sort of. So I think that one there is a mixture of chocolate and cream is what they put in the bottom oh, of the cup. Because okay. otherwise the chocolate seizes. Um, of course. And possibly a little bit of butter to make it really glossy because i remember it being really glossy it was very glossy yeah (laughs) it was
0: Um, it was divine and it felt like it had full fat everything in it like it just
1: (laughs) it just just tasted (laughs) so (laughs) good so good (laughs) so here the combinations you get are either the hot chocolate already in the cup for you the the chocolate in the cup and you get hot milk to pour in or you get the like the hot chocolate is in a In a teapot or something like that, and then you can pour it in and put the chantilly on top. I mean, I know I wouldn't send anybody there, but I know Cafe de Flore does a really good hot chocolate. And there's, I think, there was some blooper reel I saw on Instagram of people trying to get like the perfect Instagram pour. Oh, and they poured it everywhere. Yeah, or just like you we're know, trying to get like the cream, put the cream on, and the cream would stick to the spoon. Oh and no! Uh, actually, I and think it'd be think funnier. It's about fourteen euros, so you only get one yeah, shot. Yeah, they are really grumpy,
0: <laughs> and there's a big queue out the door of people waiting to do the same. So you know you've got to get a move on. It's yeah, a, exactly. it's a machine. It's ridiculous, there. it's a yeah. machine. I'm guessing places like that and Dumago, Angelina, possibly Ladurée as well. And you know they would make a list of popular places to order. Chocolate show. I'm sure there are many more places we should know about. There's one though that I haven't been to, but it's on my list for my next visit, and I'm sure you will know it. I've heard of a place called Andemont Chapari, which is in one of those gorgeous little passageways. And it's closed. <gasps> no,
1: don't tell me, really? Yeah. I've missed it. Oh no. Yeah, it, it, it closed down during, I think it. Before COVID or during COVID? Yeah, it's
0: gone. Oh, a COVID casualty. Oh, I'm devastated because that cafe. Yeah, I know. But that cafe is actually built around the base of one of the towers of the city's 12th century defensive walls, you know, in the 6th there. And and apparently it had a brilliant
1: chocolate show. So I'm wondering whether they'll reopen something else there. So at the moment it's kind of boarded up. I don't know if anything's um, coming there. I can't remember if it's still for rent or if it's been rented out. But at the moment it's there's nothing. There's not even construction. And it's just like covered in posters and looks empty.
0: Yeah, there are a lot of places that were casualties of COVID like that.
1: Yeah, I mean a lot of places didn't make it, um, yeah. but there's new places. That's the, like one nice thing in this area at least. There's lots of new places popping up all the time. Like there's a new coffee shop on Louisville Saint-Germain right near Odeon that just opened called Good News Cafe. Mm-hmm. I know they have a couple, I think. I think this is their third or fourth place, but mm-hmm. that's on my list to try because it looks really cute. But mm-hmm. there's at the moment there's always a line. Yeah. Um, but
0: that's a good sign. If there's a line, that means it's good.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. And there's a place called Noir Coffee, and they have, I think, a few places. They just opened one on, or well, I don't, I don't know if it just opened. I just saw that it was there on in Saint Louis. So that's another one to add to ah. the list. That's like a very sort of, you know, if you like Melbourne-style coffee, you'd yeah. like that place. Yeah. So there's new places opening up. There's a really good place called Plaque P L A Q. Which is on Rue de Ninh, which is where, you know, you've got Frenchie and Frenchie Wine Bar and that little street. Yeah. And they're like a bean-to-bar chocolate place. So they, you know, roast their own beans and do the chocolate and all that. And they do really good hot chocolate. And they also do, I think, quite good coffee. So I don't know how long they've been there for, but I only um, discovered them about a year ago. So there's new places that are popping up everywhere. A lot of the COVID casualties too were these like enormous sort of really not great places that were just churning busloads of tourists through. Yeah,
0: Yeah. and they couldn't survive without that potentially, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's always a turnover of places in Paris too because Mm. it's really, really, really hard to keep a restaurant open or a coffee shop or anything.
0: Yeah, and that would be at any time, not just during COVID, I imagine.
1: Yeah, so a guy called Chris opened a coffee shop out near Versailles. So if you're heading out there, it's really great. It's called The Stray Bean um, on Rue Royale. He was just having such a time opening, yeah. like he got the keys and then he had to wait for permits and this and that. And I remember at the beginning he was asking me, you know, he wanted to serve cakes with his coffee, that was fun. But he, with his permit he couldn't do any baking on the premises, he could only serve cold food. Oh. So he was, you know, ordering in these, you know, ridiculously expensive cakes and it's, all very, it's very complicated to do anything in a, location here yeah basically so you can understand sometimes people don't make enough money or sometimes people just they wanted to open a restaurant they didn't want to be you know doing 400 pages of admin every day yeah sometimes it's not what it's all cracked up to be
0: I have to admit even though the Paris coffee originally when I came to Paris it wasn't setting the world on fire for me I have noticed that it is improving every time I return you know it's Paris isn't necessarily known for its coffee. It's known for the cafe culture, but not necessarily for its coffee, not in the same way that the Italians are fairly known for their coffee and, and you know, obviously in Turkey and, and other places. But I have noticed, maybe this is the Melbourne coffee snob coming out of me, but I have noticed that, that it's getting better and better all the time. Is there a list for the best coffee in Paris? Or I know there is for Chocolat Show, but is there a coffee list? And if there's not, I think I'm going to have to make one out of what you've just told us. <sighs>
1: So there is somewhere. I'm going to hunt yeah. that out and
0: I'll and I'll pop that on the website for people to have a squeeze at as well because there's no point in us reinventing the wheel. I'll put everything that we have suggested as well as I'll search for some other lists that might be out there about the best coffee and the best chocolate show. Now you mentioned that you make your coffee at home and you also wax some marshmallows, much to your husband's disgust, in the chocolate show that you make at home, but. Do the French usually make a chocolate show at home or is that more like a dine-out-only
1: kind of treat? I think it's more of a having out thing. I mean, my husband's not one to go by, but my in-laws, I don't think we've ever made a hot chocolate at home at their house We've oh. been offered hot chocolate. Well, yeah. It's, you know, tea or, yeah, or, you know, if we have tea, the kids will have be offered juice or something. But, no, from my personal experience, which is quite limited, it's not a, a home thing. It's exactly. definitely like an out treat.
0: Yeah, I must admit, I don't think I make it at home that often, but then I can't make it the way that I like it when I'm in France. I do. (laughs) I
1: can't make it like that. No. It's so easy. Put some chocolate, bitter chocolate and milk in a saucepan and that's it. And you just whisk it until, and keep whisking until it bubbles and then switch off the heat and keep whisking and that's it. And that's it. That's it. And sometimes if you want, you can put in a pinch of salt It's really nice because it brings out the chocolate flavor more. You'll figure out your own ratio of how much chocolate to milk you like to have it super strong or not. There's my friend, Molly Wilkinson, she has a recipe for red wine, hot chocolate. Yes. Uh, I love Molly. She
0: is a a ripper and she has some I actually had lunch with her in Versailles and I don't think we had hot chocolate, but I think we had coffee. And she has some really unusual takes on traditional things sometimes, which I love because she kind of thinks outside the square, which is brilliant. Yeah,
1: she does. So red wine, hot chocolate. I haven't tried it. Um, but
0: it, <laughs> That's kind of a combination because here we have bonfire nights in the winter up at my father's place in the country and we'll have mulled wine that we'll do with the bonfire and the kids will have the hot chocolate. So that's just combining it all together. I think that's brilliant. I'm actually going to, yeah, I'm going to hunt that out too. That'll be great for our winter <laughs> time. I think. I'm also going to have a look for a cookbook specifically for hot chocolates. I know that you've just given me a brilliant, simple recipe. I'm sure there are some where you can add, you know, a little bit of brandy or, I know in the Basque region, they actually add a little bit of piment d'espelette to their chocolate. And I don't know if they then make that into a hot chocolate. Probably they, they put it into everything else. So I'm going to hunt out a bit of a, a cookbook too and see if I can find one I might not get that by the time I'm putting everything on the website for this episode, but I'm going to get one for myself, I think, (laughs) just so I can be making a whole lot of different varieties.
1: Hot chocolates of the world.
0: Yeah, why not? Well, merci for popping in to have a Petit papotage with us today. Now, will you pop back next month to fill us in on more goings-on in Paris? Yeah, that sounds great. That would be awesome. And I might, if you think of any other very cool and fabulous places to get coffee or chocolate Show in Paris that we haven't mentioned. I'll just pop those onto our little list that we're compiling on the website as well so that people can actually plan to go and visit these out-of-the-way places. They don't have to queue up to go to Le Deux Mago and Café de Flore. There are so many fabulous places. You've just got to do a little bit of research and sometimes you don't have to do any research you can just rock into somewhere and you might just like it that's how we find everything in the first instance
1: yeah i'm sure i'll think of about eight places as soon as we hang up oh there's yeah. one called certified coffee that looks oh. really cool i haven't been in but they've got one in rube beaupassage just Rue beaupassage? beaupassage um and that's always full always full of people ah. What's that one called? And they always look very happy. Um, certified, I think. Certified. Yeah, that's another one. Yeah. And then any others? I'll, I'll send you over because I'm yeah. sure. I, yeah, I'm sure I remember them as soon as we say goodbye. Yeah, yeah. brilliant.
0: <laughs> and I look forward to when I'm next back in Paris to actually meet for another chocolat show at Bonaparte's because I did love that one. So I'm going to have to go back there with you and have another.
1: No, I think we have to go see Molly and get a red wine. (laughs) Yes, let's do that. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) That
0: that, that is a must. We'll have to spend a whole weekend in Versailles and go and drink red wine, hot chocolates.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, Merci encore, and we will chat to you soon. Alors, c'est tout et c'est la fin aujourd'hui. That is all for another Little Bells Francophiles episode. I hope you're enjoying being transported to France via our podcast chats with some brilliant guests and their French stories. And like Emily, her French suggestions. To be notified when new episodes are released, subscribe on your favourite podcast platform or follow Little Bells Francophiles on Insta and that's where you'll find lots of my personal French photos as well as some from our Little Bells Francophiles guests. You can also now subscribe to my YouTube channel, The Francophile Fix, where you'll find little movies and clips to keep your Frenchy vibes going. For the links from today's chat, including both my and Emily's suggestions for coffee, a chocolat chaud, Paris, head to the little Bells Francophiles website to blog post number nineteen. That's Catre Vincennes. The website link is in the show notes for today's episode as well. Then come and join me next time on The Little Wells Francophiles and together we can stay connected to one of our fave destinations, France. Au revoir et merci encore, Emily.
1: Thanks for having me. Speak to you soon.
0: Au revoir de moi, Louise Prichard. Bonne journée et à bientôt, mes amis.